the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Did you guys hear in the top of the hour news, uh, the White House Correspondents Association is all butt hurt <laughs> because we need, we're going to need you to have more on-camera interviews. <laughs> what? Information's the same. The White House isn't obligated to make CNN's programming interesting. The White House isn't obligated to make MSNBS's programming interesting. I just... This is, that just makes me, I don't know why it makes me laugh, it just does. Glad you've tuned in for a Friday here on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. 888-900-3393, that's the number. 888-900-3393. Getting in touch with the show, uh, the showgram. Yeah, why, not, why not? The show, the program, we'll call it a showgram. The showgram, because it is kind of a mixture. Not that I want to steal from the boss or anything, but it's a a melding of of entertainment and information. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing his his opening, so I did just and doing a damn poor job of it. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh yeah, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you want to listen to this program and any of the fine programming on the Blaze on demand, catching the show live, theblaze.com/radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, and the iHeart Radio app, and social media. Social media available for you. Twitter first at Chris Salcedo TX at C H R I S S A L C E D O T X on Facebook the Chris Salcedo Show the Chris Salcedo Show you Chris Salcedo Show you won't find it and then of course theblaze.com the channels section on the program today we'll talk a little bit more about but Ellie is it just me or is it sound are you hearing that like cricket noise like- in the background. Well, it sounds like 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 really really quiet crickets. I are, are you hearing that? You're probably no. dialing me up in a you're dialing me up in a different access, right? I'm pro- that's probably what's going on because I just I it just no, it's, it's all right. You don't have to because wow, it's super now. See now you're booming super loud. I don't get that, <laughs> but but programming was that's it. We're gonna work off. This is this this is stuff that's all. Uh, behind the scenes, inside baseball stuff. Don't worry yourselves about it, folks. Uh, all you need to know is to call up 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. On the docket today, we do have to talk about this bill. I, I can't call it a repeal bill because all it was is a repackaging of Obamacare. For those who have read it, like Rand Paul, this bill spends more money, is is more expensive uh, spending money we don't have than Obamacare. And how is that better? Just just a question from the back row here. How is that better? I don't think it is. As a matter of fact, I know it is not better. So we'll get into that. Melissa Francis from Fox Business. Now look, you guys are probably, for all of you who knew this about Melissa, you're going to go, oh Chris, what a, what a dummy you are. 
I did not connect Melissa Francis from Little House on the Prairie to Melissa Francis from the from the Fox News Channel and Fox Business. They are one and the same. She is something I did not know about. Now she's a Harvard graduate, and I think it was economics that she majored in, but. I did not realize that the little one of the little girls on House on the Prairie that I grew up watching was the Melissa Francis. So she was a childhood actress. She's written a book that uh, I can hardly wait for her to share with you. And we'll ask her about, you know, we'll talk a little shop too. We'll talk about the economy and one of the unsung stories about the early Trump administration is that um, is, is that the economy is... According to CNBC, her former employer, Rip Roaring. Okay, let me get to CNBC. They are really butthurt. Uh, here's the White House press briefing, audio only. White House press briefing amid health care battle, new Russia reports. And uh, here, again, uh, doesn't bother me, audio only. People for certain content? I, I think it's a good start, yeah. Um, we're, we're, this is the first step. I think it's important that we start with our veterans, but I think everyone who uh, serves in the public trust uh, has a has an obligation to uh, to serve the public and do what they can, whether it's our veterans or people looking for an education loan or whatever. And if you're not doing your job, I think that we should, uh, as a government, have a have a standard that if you're not doing what the job's supposed to be doing and you're not helping your fellow American achieve what that department or agency is sitting after that we should your rear runs your rear end should be kicked out of government you should be fired your worthless rear end should be fired if you are not doing if you are cheating the system if you are doctoring the books and you're killing veterans you should be fired and there shouldn't be any liberal union regulations that prevent you from being fired uh, the president signed the VA Accountability Act today, folks, and that's what this press briefing is about. CNN is <laughs> is taking is taking the press briefing live with Sean Spicer and a still photograph on the on the left side. Fox isn't even trying this. Uh, Fox isn't even trying it. MSNBS, they're not even trying it. Uh, CNN, I guess it just go, shows to go you, goes to show you how, how much they rely on bashing Sean Spicer and bashing the president of the United States. Uh, speaking of Fox, let's go over there. And whether those reported assurances were shared with then DNC chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who sent an email to that effect. During his congressional testimony June 8th, Comey seemed to allude to an email or a record as one of the reasons he went public about the Clinton email case in July 2016, effectively taking Lynch out of the equation. There were other things that contributed to that. Uh, one significant item I can't, I know the committee's been briefed on, there's been some public accounts of it which are nonsense, but I understand the committee's been briefed on the classified facts. After Comey made his very public announcement about the Clinton emails in July of 2016, his boss, Loretta Lynch, testified, and based on our research, she declined to answer questions about the Clinton email case more than 70 times. Wow. Wow. I think the Attorney General Loretta Lynch had a hell of a lot to hide. There is a bipartisan group of senators calling for an investigation into Loretta Lynch 
into the crooked Loretta Lynch. And I am all for this. Finally, the Republicans are going on the offensive. Finally. Uh, You know what? This isn't part of the cable channel, but this has my interest. Rick Perry, the energy secretary is, oh, this was, this was yesterday. This is old. Uh, Governor Rick Perry was, was on C-SPAN sparring with, with uh, Stuart Smalley, Senator Stuart Smalley. Let me, I've got to dip in. I'm just curious. 100% of global warming is because of human activity. Uh, I think on its face is just indefensible. We're probably oh. not going to resolve that here today, so let's go to Senator Holt. <laughs> Hence, we should have a red-blue team approach to this again. That was Senator Franken apparently grilling the energy secretary, the former Texas governor. And, and, and the Texas governor saying something that, that was rather, I don't know, based on science. If you, if you are as much a moron sitting out there saying that man is 100% responsible for changing climate, then you're an idiot. Then you are a moron. Um, let's go over to MSNBS. 1,000 Coloradans have Medicare coverage. Roughly a quarter of all Coloradans use Medicaid. Uh, in some rural countries, uh, that is up to 54%. In Costillo County, in Pueblo County, it's 41%. Right. Uh, you, you mentioned something that's really interesting that those of us in cities don't think about. There are some counties where uh, entire hospitals that su- serve multiple counties and offer full services, the majority of their payments come from uh, patients with Medicaid coverage. Those kinds of facilities in some cases could disappear. It could have a devastating effect on health care in rural parts, not just in Colorado, but sure. across- the, uh, a fifth senator has come out against the Senate bill offered by the Republicans, not convinced. So, uh, look, and what these guys are talking about is preserving entitlements. Look at what, look at it, all the government goodies that people have gotten used to, and you can't take away the goodies that, gov- that they've gotten used to because Americans, we all know, Americans deserve to have their crap paid for by somebody else. Everybody knows that. You know? I mean... This first now it's it's medical service. Pretty soon, everybody's going to have a right to have their lawn care paid for by their neighbor. Or if you want your car washed, some douchebag at CNBC has got to pay for it. Some idiot at MSNBC has got to pay for it because you deserve to have services. Your car washed, your lawn cared for, your house paid for, your car paid for, your medic, your medicine paid for by somebody else. So Democrats can continue to get elected. That's, that's the insanity of their level. He's talking with the governor of Colorado, John Hickenlooper. And oh, it's going to be so devastating. Oh, it's going to be so heartbreaking. Oh, it's going to be so devastating. People rely on this. People rely on money stolen from other people or borrowed or put on a credit card from government. They rely on it. And that's the sin, isn't it? That's the damnable misery of the whole kit and caboodle, isn't it? Is that people rely on it. I took some fascinating calls on this and an earlier version of the Chris Salcedo show from doctors. You remember the ones who Barack Obama and Democrats blame for their greed. They're the reasons why, you know why we're in the big mess that we're in 
You want to know why the big mess that we're in? It's not because of doctors. They're getting the shaft too. It's these hospitals, the traitorous insurance companies, the crony capitalists, and those they buy off both political parties on Capitol Hill. I'll be right back. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. 800-600-8192. You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network. And for the life of me, insurance companies, I'm all for people making money in capitalism. They make $15 billion a year. I don't understand why the taxpayer would need to subsidize insurance companies, and I'm just not for that. I don't, I'm not either, and I don't know why either. Welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. That was Rand Paul. Today on this pro- or yesterday on this program, you heard from Senator Ted Cruz. He's a no. Rand Paul is a no so far on this Senate bill. And with good reason. And and Senator Paul, I think, out of all of the senators, has done the most marvelous job of indicating to the American people that all of all this is is Obamacare with a GOP label on it. It's just as expensive, maybe it does some tinkering around the edges, but I can guarantee you what Obama guaranteed and what the GOP bill guarantees is that the insurance companies are taken care of. And the big moneyed interests, they're taken care of. You and I get the shaft in every case. I just, you need to know that. You and I get the shaft because What's, what was being done in Obamacare was a massive transfer of wealth out of the private economy and into the hands of the crony capitalists, the traitorous insurance companies, and of course, government skimming off the top. The Republicans, as they have been now put in charge of renovating quote-unquote health insurance or health care, they're being lobbied, as we learned from Senator Ted Cruz, by these same people in the insurance company who have been making money hand over fist during Obamacare. Now they're pulling out. They're pulling out of all of the Obamacare exchanges because they've made their money. They got all of their advanced money. Remember, Obama front-loaded everything. Oh, speaking of Obama, that reprobate, that piece of garbage... And the reason I can say that he is that is Mr. Obama has once again, and this was the hallmark of his occupation of the Oval Office. He didn't care for our traditions, didn't care for what America stood for, and he meant to change it. And he despises this country, despises our traditions. 
And there is a longstanding tradition among Democrats and Republicans that when your time is done in the Oval Office, you go away. You've had you had your four or eight years. You had your opportunity. And now it's time to let your successors have a go without your interference. Believe me, folks, I tried to get George W. Bush to come onto this program and to talk about how badly his successor, President Obama, was screwing this nation, both in foreign policy and in domestic policy. And George W. Bush would not. Because he had a reverence for the office of president. He just wouldn't. His father, same thing. Now, Clinton kind of, sort of, violated that tradition. Not, not badly. It took him years to do it. As did Jimmy Carter. It took them years. They have, they have violated the tradition, but it took them years to weigh in. I'm talking beyond their successor's tenure before they started weighing in on politics. Resident Obama's been out for months and the narcissist can't contain himself. He's so tired of him not being the focus. So uh, you'll go to the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. You'll see his, his poop-eating grin on a CBS story where Mr. Obama claims that the Senate offering is not a health care bill. It's a transfer of wealth. <laughs> well, no different than his bill. No different than, than Obamacare was. Now, I'm not trashing Barack Obama because he has given his opinion on this piece of trash that the Republicans have put out. But he has no room to talk as his piece of trash, Barack Obama's piece of trash, is the reason why we're having to deal with the Republicans' piece of trash. And Mr. Obama, of course, violating the tradition of not interfering in his successor's administration. Mr. Obama will interfere. You know, Mr. Obama, with with all due respect, now that you're a citizen once again, shut up. Shut up. That's what my initial gut tells me. But after reading the reactions on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page and seeing what you did for Democrats, their electoral outcomes during your occupation of the Oval Office, uh, on a on a personal and a propriety level, I want you to shut up. But on a political level, keep talking. Keep talking. Inject yourself into the conversation and make sure that everybody knows and understands that you still run the Democrat Party. Because the, the amount of loathing and disgust and the wishes that you would just go away on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, was well worth it. And I, and I hope, I hope to heaven that you continue to insert yourself improperly, that you continue to, to drag through the mud the name Democrat, and you continue to show the country what a massive and colossal mistake you are, so that America will never be tempted again to experiment with such a narcissist, anti-American, liberal freak as you are, Mr. Obama. So keep on talking, big mouth. Keep on talking, big mouth.
because all it can mean is positives for my side of the political equation. Live back. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Senator Mitch McConnell wants a vote before the July 4th recess. Is that doable? It could still happen if the people who wrote the bill are willing to negotiate. Conservatives want a repeal bill. I want a bill that looks like, feels like, and is a repeal bill. My fear is when I look at this, I keep reading it, and it's like, it sounds like Obamacare to me. It doesn't even sound like Obamacare light. In some areas, it may be Obamacare plus. That's Rand Paul talking with Neil Cavuto yesterday on, on Fox News Channel. And this is my big concern, that the Republicans have abandoned the free market, and that Republicans are getting the payoffs from folks that have, let's, let's, be, let's be honest, folks, they have more money than you and I have. So they're, they're buying influence from these individuals to keep money flowing out of your and my pocket and into their coffers. Uh, you guys know my feeling on the traitorous insurance companies. We don't need to go over that so soon after I laid waste to them yesterday. But I suffice it to say they are part of the problem. Suffice, I took a, a very interesting call from a doctor today. And I asked him a couple of pointed questions. The first question was, Doc, when Barack Obama blamed you and your greed and you and your fellow doctors and your, your alleged greed, how did you take that? And he went off. He went off on how he is being forced to take less and less and less money after devoting years of study. And also he, he brought to my attention how these individuals inside of these hospitals are, and inside of these medical groups, are buying off politicians to make it so that doctors, even if doctors wanted to leave the hospital systems and go out and open their own hospitals or clinics, that there is, there is actually a law that I'm, I'm going to familiarize myself with in the future. But he said there was a law in the books that prevents doctors from self-referring. Meaning if, you, if a doctor was seeing some, uh, a patient or something like that inside the same hospital, he was working with a couple of other doctors, he couldn't refer inside of that same hospital to another specialist. It was something along those lines. So it was a restriction that prevents these doctors from going against the massive conglomerates, the massive hospital systems. And I found it fascinating. Then I asked him, about the American Medical Association. Are they a friend of physicians or a foe? He said they are a foe. They are sellouts. They're leftists. They're socialists. And they, they don't care about the future of doctors. They just care about, all they care about is lining their own pockets. And then a call I took today opened my eyes. And I, I knew this was already a problem, but to put it in st such stark terms, 
was an eye-opener for me. This guy, uh, because he has one of these high deductible policies, meaning you got to spend, what did he say, 13, 14 grand in deductibles for the family before you get insurance. And he had his son needed his appendix taken out. So the surgeon who actually did the removal charged him 490 bucks. That, that was his itemized service. The anesthesiologist charged him a thousand bucks. So there you go. You know what the hospital charged him? $5,000. The doctor who did the procedure, little under, little under 500 bucks. The anesthesiologist, a thousand bucks. $5,000 for the hospital. There's your problem. There's your problem. The $150 Tylenol tablet. There's your problem. Insurance. Driving the cost of healthcare up 20, 25, 30%. They are the problem. And they have the money and they're buying influence on Capitol Hill to make sure they can continue to get into your pocket and that government will force you to pay them. On the subsidy side, we can't have a bill that spends more than Obamacare in the first couple of years and call that a repeal bill. So yes, we should be for repeal, but we also have to have sufficient confidence in capitalism. Sufficient confidence in capitalism. Can anyone say definitively that the Republicans, we know the Democrats don't, but even the Republicans with this bill yesterday are showing faith in capitalism. It's just the opposite. They, they, have, they have settled on the fact, well, we guess Obama's right. We're going to decide to try to buy votes the same way Obama did with taxpayer money, even though we're $20 trillion in debt. Senator Rand Paul says the Senate GOP bill is incredibly expensive. My hope is that the four of us who have announced our opposition will be invited to sit down with the people who wrote the bill, leadership, and say... Well, was it leadership that wrote the bill? Or was it the insurance companies? Or was it the... uh, the hospital medical groups? Was it they who wrote the bill? What will it take to get you guys behind the bill? If they're willing to do that, and they're honestly willing to make this look more like a repeal bill, not just look, but actually be more of a repeal bill, I think we've got a chance. But all we have seen is the House bill, they kept plussing up with more money. So basically what what the Senate did, if you want to put it in layman's terms, they took the House bill. After all of this caterwauling from the Senate Republicans, we're we're not going to do the House bill. We're not going to do the House bill at all. All we're going to do is uh, we're going to make our own. We're going to start from scratch. Well, that went right out the window. They just took the House bill and they added more of your taxpayer money. money. By the way, money we don't have. Money we don't have to buy off votes. So they sprinkled money on top of the House bill to encourage more people to be on it. But allowing Medicaid expansion to go on and on and on and on and on and then repealing the taxes that actually paid for it. Oh, yeah. By the way, that, that is true. The Senate bill repeals all the taxes on you and me. For, for, for this, but continues the Medicaid expansion. 
So for all of you who you know, or not not PhDs in mathematics, but can do simple math, <laughs> uh, what happens when you continue to provide uh, un uh, well, I, I should say unnecessary is not the right word I'm looking for unjustified access to Medicare and Medicaid because Obama expanded it so that more people would qualify for it where it was never intended to serve that big a population. That's not how it was sold to the American people. It's supposed to be for those who are in dire need. And now it's available to a lot of other people that are perfectly capable. So what happens when you continue to, ex- to offer it and expand coverage, but you decrease taxes? Well, guess what? You add it to the credit card. There's a deficit doesn't make any economic sense so everybody wants to get rid of the taxes but they're wanting to let the expenditures go on and on which there's no way that that ends up being uh, or making any sense with regard to the debt or not adding new debt yeah it doesn't make any sense at all as a matter of fact it ad- it doesn't make sense it adds sense lots of sense <laughs> as in dollars and cents, to our debt. There's a, there is a political reason this is all going on. And I, you know what? This actually helps me understand what Mitch McConnell is doing. Don't misunderstand. The, the Senate offering is crap. So was the House offering. They're both crap. And you, are, you have every right to be ticked off that the Republicans spent the last seven years with their thumbs up their rear ends and didn't decide on a good bill that would repeal Obamacare and restore the free market. That they didn't do this. They didn't get a consensus among all of their members. They didn't take the time to do the work. You have every right and you have every reason to be ticked off about that. But the reason why they're trying to, to get beyond Obamacare and to get something in there that they can somewhat credibly say was Obamacare repeal is because they want to get to something that they have done a lot of work on and that you should trust them on, that they do know what the heck they're talking about on. That's tax reform. The political reasons for all of this, folks, is they're going to give you crap for Obamacare repeal, and it will be a, it will, no matter what happens, no matter what the Republicans pass, it will be a big, massive slice of crap, and they will own it, no matter what happens. But then they will get to tax reform, where they're not going to stand for anything the, the Democrats say because the Democrats don't know how to do taxes. Democrats don't know how to create prosperity or create wealth. The Democrats aren't into that. The Democrats are into destroying capitalism they're into destroying people's livelihoods government dependence is all they know what the republicans do know and they've done a lot of good work on let me put it this way the democrats had obamacare sitting on a shelf for a hundred years they've had socialized medicine written up and ready to go for the first leftist they could get into the oval office and then there came barack obama and they have a lot of these these items ready to go. The Republicans don't. Save one issue. Taxes. 
They do know, and they have had things written to get us back on the right track for taxation for an awful long time. This is, this is the one thing where I believe you can have close to universal confidence in the Republican Party in taxes. And here's the political angle. If, big if, if they can get the snow job of Obamacare repeal passed, and it's going to be poopy. Trust me, it's going to be poopy. With their, what they're thinking and what Mitch McConnell's thinking, what Paul Ryan's thinking is we'll be able to revisit that after we get past 2018. Then they're going to move to tax re- reform before the end of 2017. If the Republican Party gets something they can call a repeal passed and they get legitimate tax reform done, by the time 2018 rolls around, this economy is going to be through the roof. And every Republican will get elected. No problem. No problem. And as a matter of fact, they may even add to majorities, in particular in the Senate. That's the long ball. That's why you and I are... It, now, it doesn't, it doesn't make the Obamacare repeal and replace any less competent. It doesn't make the, the Obamacare repeal and, and replace anything that you should ever get behind philosophically. This is just something you got to... This is what their thought process is, and this is the political thinking. And I understand why they got to get there. It's also very hard to take away an entitlement. Once... You've had eight years of some liberal extremist saying, let me be clear. You deserve to have health care paid for by somebody else. Let me be clear. It's hard. It's hard to take to 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 not take it away, but to restore us back to where America should be, which is health care is a service. You're not entitled to it. You're not. That's see. One is a permissive parent saying, oh, whatever Will Johnny, Will Susie wants, Will Johnny and Will Susie can get. Oh, dang it. Look at the time. I got to go. I'll be right back. Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Well, storms are coming. It's not just a show. show. It's a force of nature. Hashtag Salcedo Storm. The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. You know, Senator, I'm just wondering, everyone loves the goodies, the coverage for pre-existing conditions, maybe depending on how you feel about your kid or kids, uh, keeping them on your insurance policy a little longer. They don't like having to pay for it. Uh, You know, a lot of the taxes that went along with Obamacare, most are not part of this, but as you say, there is this $50 billion upfront money that I don't know the source of that, but there is another way to, 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 to... put some money for it. But should Republicans go back to their original position, which was, this is not the government's job? Period. That was Neil Cavuto. And that, remember when that used to be the Republican position? That it's not the government's job to provide you health care? Remember that? And how many Republicans are making that case today? Well, Ted Cruz is. Senator Rand Paul is. Mike Lee, I think, is to an extent. I'm not sure what Johnson's uh, objection to it is. But that is where we need to get back to. Uh, the, you guys know what me as a conservative, what, 
what I as a conservative want. I want a, re- a full repeal of Obamacare and a plan that eases us off uh, of Obamacare. Uh, like you would be taking a drug addict slowly off of a drug that's going to kill them. You do it slowly so there's a transition period and there's a sunset and then you actually revive the patient and bring back patient-centered free market health care. And guess what? Everybody wins. Uh, more from Rand Paul and Melissa Francis from Fox News up next. The Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't go anywhere. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll continue to pick apart the GOP's offering for alleged repeal of Obamacare coming up. After we have a conversation with Melissa Francis, you know, she grew up in front of our eyes as a as a child star on Little House on the Prairie. Took me a while to connect the dots on that one. Now, since then, she's gone on to be an author, best-selling memoir, Diary of a Stage Mother's Daughter. She's hosted financial shows on CNBC. She currently hosts two daily business shows on Fox Business Network. She's the author of the brand new book, Lessons from the Prairie, The Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival I Learned on America's Favorite Show. Melissa Francis, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so thrilled to be here. You are just huge in Texas. Well, well th- <laughs> thank you for the compliment. I, I, I am, we're, we're, we're very happy to have you. I was hoping to talk a little shop before we got into the book. So sure. uh, the unsung story of this nascent Trump administration has been what, uh, well, actually on your former, your former bosses over at CNBC labeled a rip roaring economy. And it's basically been a change in attitude uh, I'm talking about the jobs market, the stock market, and of course those those pesky regulations. Are you seeing this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and and it is. It's not just shop. A lot of this is in the book. The idea that you know we got to get out of the way of small business owners. Government has to get out of the way of all of this. I mean, they just the federal government. I feel like they kind of muck up almost everything they get involved in. I mean, they're just you got to. They're great at national security. You know, you've got to. Obviously, you have to have a police force, the FBI, those sort of things, national security. But beyond that, they're just horrible when they get involved with anything economic. And I think that President Trump understands that and that he's trying to dial back the regulation and dial back all the hindrance to what made America great in the first place. I mean, independent small business owners, they're the ones that really got this country going. He understands that. And I think the stock market even understands that Trump gets that, even though so many people, um, you know, liberal CEOs like to pretend like they're Democrats, I guess, is, is one of the things I would say that that he's out there 
um, letting people do their own thing. And that's why we've seen the stock market take off. And that's why we've seen the economy take off. Well, speaking of government mucking things up, uh, remember how Obamacare was sold to us as, as costing the Americans uh, $900 billion, our taxpayers? I mean, that that's just laughable these days after we see the price tag for this for this onerous and oppressive law. Uh, and isn't this the, isn't that, uh, I don't know, a, a lesson we can all glean when government says, you know, we're here to help or it's only going to cost this uh, much, never believe them. Run for the hills. And in fact, I write about this in the book, Lessons from the Prairie. When I worked over at CNBC back in 2008, when they were out selling Obamacare, um, I have a degree in economics from Harvard, but you don't need that. You just need first grade math to know that if you add more people to the healthcare roles and you're giving away stuff for free and you're giving it away free to people who can't afford it and you're not charging for pre-existing conditions that when President Obama said in the New York Times that each family's cost was going to go down by $1,250 a year, I was like, wait a second, what? I mean, that must be new math because that <laughs> math does not add up. There's no way yeah. you're going to add, unless the doctors are going to work for free or hospitals are going to work for free or, or something, or the insurance companies are going to give it away for free. There was no way everyone's cost was going to go down. And maybe as a nation, we wanted to get together and say, hey, we want to cover these millions of people that don't have insurance because maybe they're walking into hospitals and they're using it anyway. And that, you know, and, and that cost is being laid off onto the taxpayer. I don't know. You know, maybe we want to talk about but we have to at least be honest about the math. And they weren't. And I was dragged into the office at CNBC and told that I was disrespecting the office of the president by questioning the math. Wow. And I was like, wait a second, this is an opinion. I'm not, I'm not doing opinion here. I'm doing math. I'm being an honest journalist. And they were like, no, you're disrespecting the office of the president. And it was amazing. I think President Trump has revealed how left-leaning most of the media is. And it's funny, you know, my dad watches Fox News Channel. He watches me on Fox Business. He used to watch me on CNBC, and then he would switch over to Fox when I got off the air, which kind of irked me. But he <laughs> says that these days that Fox is the only place given the president a fair shake because half the people on the air don't like him and half the people do like him. So it's finally fair and balanced as opposed to every other channel you turn on where they're just bashing him the whole entire time. Yeah. You know what? I, I was in news when Obamacare was being debated and the news station I worked at, you, you couldn't get them to do any examination of how it would impact every man, woman, and child. Because, because again, they, they just relied on all the, the fawning from the national press. It really frustrated me. Melissa Francis, everybody, uh, she is over there at Fox Business. She has two shows. She works very hard over there, and she's written a new book, Lessons from the Prairie, the Surprising secrets to happiness, success, and sometimes just survival I learned on America's favorite show. So let's talk about uh, about the book. Again, it, it, I was just telling the folks earlier before you came on, it, it, it took me a while to connect the dots that you were a childhood yeah. star. Uh, what, what are some of the lessons you learned working alongside uh, Michael Landon and, and that cast and that crew that you could bring to, to, to everyday life? Well, thank you for asking. I mean, one thing in the book, I will make you laugh the whole way through, I promise. I talk about faith in there, and there are some places where that's where I get serious, and I even 
bring myself to a little bit of tears when I'm doing the audio version. But the rest of the time, I promise I'm going to make you laugh. You know, I, I am getting ready to go on a show here at Fox News Channel Outnumbered. And one day I was leaving the studio and another day I was doing it. And it's one of those glass studios. People come by and they tap on the glass to say hello to us like we're goldfish. And when we come outside, <laughs> they want to take pictures with us. And this one lady said, can you sign my book? And I said, sure, but you're going to be so disappointed when you see my name. The people coming behind me are a lot more famous. And she said, no, I know you. You're the little house in the prairie one. And I thought to myself, I've been trying to get away from this my whole life and recreate myself as this serious journalist. But, you know, really, there are so many things that I cling to today that I actually learned on that set. I did my first commercial when I was six months old. And I was on, you know, more than 100 commercials, so many movies, so many TV shows. But this one was really special. People don't realize Michael Landon was one of the first true pioneer entrepreneurs in Hollywood. He was a small business owner. I mean, he figured out to make a mint in Hollywood, you had to be the boss. He owned the show. He created it. He wrote it. He produced it. He directed it. He was the first one there in the morning, the last one to leave at night. He rolled up his sleeves with everybody else. He was cheap as hell. He had a small dressing room, and that showed us if it was good enough for him, it was good enough for us, too. We worked so hard, and we had a pride in what we did. People loved the show. It was wholesome. We felt good about that. I mean, so much of that is lost in America, and to find it in Hollywood during this formative period of my life, I mean, it taught me about resilience. It taught me about hard work. It taught me about pride in an honest day's work and that feeling of empowerment when someone outside the family gives you a paycheck for a job well done. I learned that at eight years old. It's something, it's all in this book. I wrote it for my children. It's a handbook, a survival guide. Years later, I was fired from my first job on the air. I was, as a news caster. I had gone off to college. I had started over from scratch. I had worked for minimum wage a bunch of times after Little House. After having had a big paycheck, I went all the way back to the beginning to start over. I finally got back on the air. I got fired from my first job. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. It retaught me that lesson about resilience, about turning disaster into golden opportunity. I detail in the book exactly how to do that in your everyday life because I learned it the hard way. And I want people to read the book, laugh at my experience, cry with me, but then take away exactly how to put yourself back in a better place than where you were knocked down from. It's really important, no matter where you're coming from in life, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? I I, I could talk to you for an hour, seriously. Melissa Francis, everybody, Lessons from the Prairie, The Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival I Learned on America's Favorite Show. Hope to get you back, Melissa, here on the program. We really... I want to come back soon. You promise? I promise. You'll, we'll get you back on because right. there's, there's plenty in the economy we got to talk about, and we'll talk again. Thank, thanks for being here on the Salcedo Thank Show. You, you betcha. 888 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. When we get back, we'll wrap up our discussion today about uh, this so-called health repeal and replace Obamacare bill from the Senate Republicans, and another Democrat has come out calling for violence. Another liberal Democrat wishing Steve Scalise had been killed. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Only on The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. I hope we can get Melissa back on very soon. She was very fun. 
uh, enjoyed our conversation. Uh, the question to uh, from Neil Cavuto to Rand Paul was, shouldn't the Republicans get back to this idea that it's not the federal government's job to provide folks with health care? That's my position. And the other thing is, is the main problem, the uh, fatal flaw of Obamacare, the death spiral is created by telling people you can buy insurance after you're sick and then by adding regulations to insurance to make it too expensive that young, healthy people don't want to buy it. So if you make it expensive and then tell people, hey, if it's too expensive, just wait to buy it until you're sick, that's the death spiral of Obamacare. The Republican plan doesn't fix that. It subsidizes the death spiral of Obamacare. It dumps a bunch of federal money, taxpayer money or borrowed money into the insurance industry and says, hey, please lower the prices if we give you money. That is not capitalism. That's not what made this a country great. And it really is not consistent with any notion of a limited government, conservative Republican position. No kidding. It's socialism or socialism light. And it seems, in the interest of getting on to what the, the Republicans know, which is tax reform, they're willing to sacrifice Obamacare and come back to it and fix it later. Just get it onto oxygen right now and let it meander on until they can get the economy going again with tax reform. I understand, I understand the politics of it. I just don't, I just, reality ends up always getting in the way, doesn't it? Finest laid plans. Let's get up to uh, Greenville, Michigan. Didn't know there was such a place. Uh, and Tom is hanging on. Hey, Tom, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Well, you have known there's an idea because we've talked before, but we'll just leave that one alone. Well, hey. you might have you just said at the time, Michigan. Uh, I might have. I might have. What's going on, man? Man, I am kicked off. I've been, I'm done being played fools by these guys, okay? These guys, Republicans, were complacent when this, uh, when this whole monstrosity of a uh, train wreck got uh, voted for when the uh, Democrats had the House and the Senate, okay, and the presidency. They rammed it through, and the, the, the Republicans were completely complacent. What they did is they just bowed down. We can't do anything. Okay, minute, we just Russell, can't do anything. Russell, well, mem 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 they the could do something because yeah. the Democrats are doing that now with all their filibusters and rule bending and all that other garbage. I know, I know, but hold on. But, but, but Tom, listen, um, I had a conversation with Congressman Michael Burgess back in 2010. And he and I were going back and forth. I go, why don't the Republicans have an alternative to Obamacare that we can look at? Is it entirely possible the same folks who bribed the Democrats to sell us out, the traitorous insurance companies and all these moneyed health care interests, that they were also paying off the GOP at the time? You're to darn tootin'. You are Don Putin, and that's unopposed. exactly what I'm trying to tell you, Chris, is that these guys were complacent because guess who, guess who got to see the bill first this time? K Street. McConnell, Turtleneck McConnell, took his, took his bill over <laughs> K Street first. They got to see it before even any of the congressmen. See or, it? Or, no, 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 no. They, they wrote, Tom, they wrote it. They wrote it. That's right. K Street. Thanks, K Street. Listen, I am so ticked off. These guys whined. It was McConnell. <laughs> Can we just get the, the Senate and we'll, 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 we'll repeal? Well, we give them the Senate. Okay? We, it's not enough. We need the House, too. We'll give them the House. Okay? Well, we should have the presidency, don't you think? 
Oh, well, okay, here's the presidency. Do you know, well, Obama was in office. They repealed that bill. It, it was a straight-up repeal. There was no replace. There ain't no need to replace it. It was just fine beforehand. Okay? So they wrecked it. They trashed it. They did everything they could to take tax dollars away from us. And now what they do is they give us this monstrosity of a Obama life. Okay? That's all it is, brother. That's all it is. Well, to, and to I'm hear- telling you, these guys are going down. There's only five people that are going to vote against that. Those will be the five that are left behind. I'm telling well, you, McConnell, thanks, Kentucky. Appreciate them. Well, you know, I got, I got to tell you, Tom, that uh, the, the, the Rand Paul is saying this isn't Obamacare light. This is Obamacare Plus. The Republicans are actually spending more money in the next couple of years than Obamacare would. Uh, that's what I'm telling you. These guys wanted this. Okay? They had every, every senator. They had the House. They had everyone. They had everything they needed to just repeal it. Who no. needs to replace Garbage. We don't have to take garbage to replace because they have no business in the marketplace. This is, you know, this is not Venezuela. This ain't, this ain't Cuba, okay? This is not, not, yet. This is not where we're at. Not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You know, Tom, but I'm going to play. Chris, yeah, go ahead. Take my call and let me voice my opinion. No, you no, are, no. What? Uh, I'm going I'm to play something in your honor. Have a listen. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate the call. All right. Have a great weekend. Uh, 888-900-3393. Our uh, liberal, tolerant friends, peaceful liberal, tolerant friends across the aisle have uh, weighed in once again on the barbaric, abhorrent attempted assassination of Republicans on that ball field last week. This Democrat official in the state of Nebraska, who's writing this up? Oh, man alive. I, Trey, I believe it's Trey, but I always he, he has a hyphenated last name. And I... Over here at the blaze. Ellie, can, can you make a quick call just so I just so I can give him I, I have been meaning every single time I try to ask dot com how to pronounce his name correctly. I, I just don't want to I don't want to do it injustice. I just don't want to. Could you just like call and ask just and I'll, I'll read I'll read the article and then I'll be able to give him due credit when I'm done here before the break. One uh, one Nebraska Democrat party official lost his post after an audio recording revealed him saying he is, quote, glad House Majority Whip Steve Scalise, a Republican from Louisiana, was shot last week during the Republicans' congressional baseball practice in Alexandria, Virginia. Quote, his whole job is to get people, convince Republicans to expletive kick people off expletive health care. Phil Montag, who was a technology chairman for the Democrat Party. He can be heard saying, I'm glad he got shot. As all of you know, Scalise was severely wounded in the shooting carried out by 66-year-old James Hodgkinson, who was a volunteer on Vermont Senator 
Socialist Senator Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential campaign. The GOP lawmaker was shot in the hip and has not been released from the hospital where he's undergone several surgeries. Quote, I wish he was expletive dead, said this Democrat Party official in Nebraska. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there are more reasons than one why I oppose this political party. There are more reasons than one than one that I I never believe this whole oh we're so peaceful and we're so get along and you know, oh we just want peace and love yeah yeah right as you're calling for the death of your political opposition you're no better than Castro no better than Castro Mr Montag you and your whole dang party triple eight. 933-93-888-900-3393. Ellie, no, no pronunciation? We still don't have one? No? Is that yes, no? Maybe so? No? Dang it. Trey? I I, I will... I, I, everything in my being says, oh, just go ahead and give it a try, but I don't want to say it wrong. I'll tell you what. When we talk to Mary Ramirez in the other side of the break, I'll try to get this pronouncer correct, and all will be right with the world, and... We can go into the weekend and have ourselves a brewski or two, and we'll all to- toast it to Trey. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I look good. I mean, really good. Hey, everyone! Come and see how good I look! It's Chris Salcedo Show. Welcome back, everybody. I st- I am working like the Dickens trying to get a pronoun. I am I am going to figure out how to pronounce this man's name, but it kills me. And praise God, it's not a woman. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think Trey, Trey's a guy's name. That's a guy's name. I am ninety nine point nine percent sure. And, and you know what? I've read Trey's stuff a lot and never wanted uh, and never was able to properly. And I'm a stickler for this. Aren't, isn't that right, Mary Ramirez? Isn't that? <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> it is, you, you, you've confirmed that. Uh, is that in my ear? Are you talking on the air? You're talking. Okay, we'll talk on the air because so, so it can be your reputation. And not oh, mine. What is okay. it? Go Trey ahead. Goins? Phillips? It is Trey Goins. So it's not French. That's what it's like, been said around the blaze. So it's not Tregon Phillips, right? I mean, it could be, but... Okay. If so, you so want to talk know, French... Are you, just, are you just speculating right now? No, I've asked maybe four or five people. Who, Jeffy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> I've asked four or five people. Who, Jeffy? <laughs> All right, uh... Well, I guess if you guys have, if you guys want to guess, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, well, Mary, what do you think? Are you that you think that? Well, you want to take a stab at it? Oh gosh, what I speak you? Spanish, not French. Well, I, I mean, know. I think I think Goins is probably as close as I would come. Do you think um, you think I, Goins Phillips would be it? In English. <laughs> well, I know that. I mean, in English, my last name is Salcedo. 
Well, or, right. In Spanish, my, my last name is Ramirez, not Ramirez. So I don't know. Right, I right. Mean, <laughs> or Ramirez, you know. <laughs> Ramirez or Ramirez. I've gotten yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but yeah. Okay. So. Well, all right. Let's... <laughs> If, if you, let's, nice little Friday game. Uh, Trey, I'm trying to give you props, man. By the way, this post on the Blaze is burning up the Blaze right now. It's only four hours old, and it already has over 100 comments on it. Nebraska Democrat Party official says he's glad Scalise was shot, wishes the Republican was dead. That's Democrat tolerance for you, ladies and gentlemen, on full display. And Trey, come hell or high water, man, I am going to learn... <laughs> Your last name. Mary Ramirez. <laughs> um, uh, glad you've made it to the program. Or Ramirez, as they, as they say in Ramirez. the, uh, yeah, in the um, <laughs> vernacular. Uh, uh, so what, are you, what are you writing about this week? Well, before I talk about that, Chris, I got, I got to talk about something I teased real quick. I, I teased on Twitter that I unfollowed you yesterday. Um, and I did twice because I'm an idiot. And I clicked the button twice. <laughs> So I truly didn't unfollow well, you. I, I wasn't really, really gonna, promise, promise. I wasn't going to call you out on the air about that. Yeah, but I think it's funny well, because I, I did it not once but twice. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think it's funny. I, hey, folks, once once you follow me on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX, lock it in. It stays right there. Don't be merry. Don't. <laughs> don't be. No. See, now that I've given you carte blanche, yeah, you're now, yeah, you've opened up Pandora's yeah. box. Now I'm gonna let you have it, lady. <laughs> don't be merry. I want you to be joyous, as in be merry that way. But don't be Mary Ramirez, Ramirez. Don't don't be Mary Ramirez and uh, and unfollow me twice. Just don't do that. It's hey, a- Chris, if you want to get it really right, it's Maria. Okay. Oh, I'm just well, saying. Okay, this is really getting <laughs> awkward. Okay, so what, what did all you right, write, right. what did you write about this week? Cool. So a couple of days ago, we Uh had a verdict come down in the uh, shooting death case of Philando Castile. Um, You and I have talked about this, uh, this, this officer involved shooting that happened here in my state a year ago in July. And Mm -hmm. uh, the verdict came down a couple of days ago of not guilty. He was acquitted of the manslaughter charge. And of course, we had a lot of a lot of uh, raucous protests um, calling for violence. Many of them we had congressmen even weigh in and talk about how this case really set a standard, um, you know, that, that African-Americans can be murdered with impunity by police officers, not only in Minnesota, but in the country. Mm. And so you've got this whole narrative going around. And, and I've actually had people come up to me and ask, you know, I, I really need to understand, you know, do I do I as a, as a black person in the country, in this country today, do I need to be afraid of, um, or, or, of, of, of the police and for my life? Because the narrative is, and it all started with this man's girlfriend's live Facebook stream following the shooting. The narrative is the guy was just going for his wallet and this officer lost his, his mind and shot him seven times for no reason. Um, so, you know, well, I'm, I'm asking minute. people. To- you don't go for your wallet when when you're on a hot stop. You don't go for your wallet. Oh, unless, no. unless you telegraph to the officer, officer, I'm going to get my wallet right now. OK, but even then, here's yeah. the thing. He okay, he told the officer, officer, I have to tell you, I do have a gun. He did. He was a lot. He was a, a legally licensed concealed carry permit holder. Yeah. And he did have a gun on him. And the officer in the video, the dash cam video that was just released, that we were not privy to until just now. So this whole year of, of talking about it, we were not privy to it. Dash cam video shows him informing the officer. The officer responds calmly, okay, don't reach for it. And the guy continues to reach for it. And he continues to reach for his pocket over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. the officer says, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And this is warning time and time again until finally the officer's got his hand on his holster yeah. as he screams mm-hmm. at him one last time, take your hand off of the pocket. And the assumption is, here's the thing, if you're willing to defy an order like that, 
especially when there's a gun involved. It doesn't matter if you, if officer, I'm just reaching for my wallet. It doesn't matter. The officer said, take your hand off your pocket. We'll talk about this later. Take your hand off your pocket. You know, and it wasn't one warning. It was multiple warnings. And that's when he had to make the assumption that, look, that Castile intended to I, use the weapon. Some, some folks uh, who are of the <laughs> left-wing persuasion have been on me because I haven't been on this case and mm-hmm. talking about it for two hours every single day for ever, ever since the incident happened. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when this came out and the, the officer was acquitted, mm-hmm. um, you, you would call it there was going to be, you know, protests and people crying foul and all this kind of stuff. What didn't get any attention, which I was so happy to throw back into the face of these <laughs> individuals, was that there were two black jurors on this, yep. on this jury. And these yep. black jurors said, we saw the evidence and we didn't want to convict. And you know, th- these people who are so entrenched into, the, into their belief that because of it, their skin color that they are victimized, th- you know what this one, this one black guy who was having a conversation with me said? Who knows what, uh, what pressures they were under and they could, have oh, been in, they, they could have been intimidated and maybe they had an agenda. Okay. So I said, well, what, and I said to him, wait a minute, let me get this straight. It couldn't be that the black men, that the two black men on the jury saw the evidence, had the brains and the integrity to say, no, this guy doesn't deserve to be indicted, and came to that conclusion. You now, as an agendized person, have to besmirch their character, is what... And their, it, it was their crazy. intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the thing is, though, this case, Chris, was so stacked against the officer. I'm shocked, quite frankly, that it came down the way that it did, even though the evidence was there to suggest that he didn't act... Uh, unlawfully. This case was so stacked against this officer. They asked for it not to be held in the same county as the incident took place because of all the outcry, because of all the craziness. And they said, no, we're holding it here anyway. So his chances of a f- of a fair trial were affected from the very beginning. And for anybody to sit there and say that these people, oh, well, they were just intimidated into making this decision, not only, as you said, insults their intelligence, but for crying out loud, you're picking people from the community Okay, I mean, it's that's that's ridiculous. And again, we're thinking with this mob mentality group think where no one has no one has the intelligence to think for themselves and look the facts of the case. And that's the point of this article. We have to look at the tough truths of this case. Philando Castile made a choice. Okay, he was pulled over for a broken taillight. It would have ended there if you watch the video. The officer very calmly goes up to the car. He had zero intentions of shooting this guy. And in fact, by the way, if you watch this video, the toughest almost tougher than watching the shooting itself is watching the officer after the shooting. He's shaking and sobbing and screaming, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, get this baby girl out of here. This is not the voice of a man who wanted to shoot a a, a black man in cold blood. You see other officers running up to help Castile and revive him. Again, this is not something you see in a country that that celebrates and authorizes the murder of African Americans at the hands of police. You know, for, for, for no reason. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And we have we have to look at these truths because if we're going to live in, in a civil society that is upheld by laws that we've all agreed uh, to live under, we can't we can't react in the court of public opinion. We can't judge based on emotion. We have to judge based on well, what happened. OK, if he had stopped reaching for his pocket, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah. He would have gone home. OK, See, but, but what, I, what worries me, what worries me was the mentality of these people. Who were, oh, who, were, who, were, uh, who were willing, in the, in the interest of their political agenda, to brand all cops to say that there is a rampant problem of racism in the United States and in particular among police. They, you know, they were willing to, to, to besmirch the intelligence and the integrity mm-hmm. and, uh, of, of other blacks. This guy was a black guy besmirching other blacks because they didn't stay on this, 
this left-wing it's, plantation. It's interesting that if you put on a uniform or if you take a different position, for example, these two black jurors took the position of, gosh, the evidence is not there to convict this officer. Yeah. If you, you suddenly cease to be African-American, it's like this officer, for example. This officer's a son of, of, of uh, Mexican immigrants. The guy's Mexican, okay? Mm-hmm. But he ceases to be a minority. Because, of course, as we always talk well, about Well, we saw that before. in Trayvon Martin, right? And, uh, exactly and, and right, Zimmerman. right. This is the white Hispanic, right. You know, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> they cease to be a minority that the left cares about once they put on a uniform or hold an opinion that the left doesn't I like. I forgot about that, the white Hispanic. Hey, look, oh, uh, gosh. What, what's the name of the piece? Tough Truths, the case of Philando Castile. And that's up on my blog, and I will tweet it out following the segment. Mayor Ramirez, Ramirez, have a fantastic, <laughs> have a fantastic <laughs> weekend. Thank you. You as well, Chris. All right, we'll talk again. All right, folks, we'll, rent, oh, we'll end up the show with your phone calls coming up. Uh, 888-933-93, 888-900-3393. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. The Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Trey Goins Phillips. That is his name. Trey Goins Phillips. Make sure you catch his offering on the blaze. Uh, And this is Nebraska Democrat Party official says he's glad Scalise was shot. Wishes Republican was dead. And we got the proper pronouncer on his name. He's a good writer, too. (laughs) And he got a lot of pub on the Salcedo show today. And y'all are choosing to call with, what, four minutes left in the show? Good grief. (laughs) Let's go to Colorado first. Hey, John, thank you for waiting. Glad you made it. Welcome to Chris Salcedo show. Hey, thanks for thanks for taking my call. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Sure. I just wanted to bring to the attention of the audience um, plight of a missing um, Colorado police officer. Um, he's missing in Russia on a mountain that he was climbing. Yeah, he was mountain and, climbing, uh, right? I think I remember seeing this. Yeah, his name is Officer Scott Bear. And what was it? I'm sorry, John. You're you're breaking up just a little bit. What was his name? Oh, Officer Scott Bear. With okay. an e. All right. And, um, and, the, uh, and the website is Colorado Police Foundation.org slash search for Stephen, S T E V E N. His wife is pregnant. He has a uh, 29 year old son. Um, and John, is, is the Russian, in, in this short time, is, is the Russian government cooperating with search and rescue efforts? What I've um, what I've heard is yes and no. Um, last I, last I heard, um, a bunch of folks were denied visas to uh, get over there, mm-hmm. and um, but we've got we've got um, a guy over there that knows mountains inside and out. Um, so um, prayers. Hey, do, uh, prayers prayers are definitely needed. John, will you do me a favor and keep the show posted? Absolutely. Sir. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the call. I really do. Uh, let's get out to Massachusetts. Scott, welcome to the Salcedo Show, man. You got about a minute and 30, but that's all yours. Chris, what's up? It's been a few weeks. I don't know if you remember me. I hope you do. How are you? Buddy? I do. Yeah, Scott, very distinctive voice. What's going on, dude? Awesome. Cool. 
So I'm going to put a different spin on this, and forgive my ignorance. I do go through phases where I just I come from work, have a beer, and shut the TV off. I don't want to hear about it. It's dizzying. I wish but I was what you. State was it? I do want to. What, what state was it where that shooting just happened? Uh, just to cite it. The shooting was Minnesota. Okay. I'm going to put a different spin on this. Here we go. The good police don't make the news. All right. A lot of people don't realize that. It's very easy to see, oh, my God, look at the one cop out of 800,000 who police our state 24-7. Isn't he awful? If they ever put the good police on the news, they would have no time for weather and sports. Okay? So mm-hmm. people need to realize that. There's an old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. Now, what does that mean? That, well, that, that's a window into our culture. It's pretty sad, but true. We or love or if, it's, if it's a false accusation against the President of the United States, Donald Trump, then it leads. Same thing. Yep. Same thing. People mm-hmm. love bad news. Misery loves company. This is a little off politics, and I could talk politics with you all day. Like I said, give me a microphone. I'll get on there with you. I could <laughs> talk all day. I'm down to probably 48 seconds right now. But that's what people need to realize as I speak to the country right now. Yes, you are going to find, guess what? There's also a bad person at Dunkin' Donuts who just put too much sugar in the coffee. Am I comparing the two? No, but it's the same thing. It's called variance. When you have, I play poker. When you have that many, when you have this much volume going on, there's a lot of bad things that are going to happen, whether it's police. There's bad firemen out there. There's great firemen. There's bad pizza makers. There's bad XYZ. It's just volume. But the news loves to put the top of the hour, look at this police shooting. Of course it's awful. Of course it is. Of course it is. But to sit there and label police as bad is beyond naive. It's downright stupid. Well, you know what? I think that was exactly the epitaph we can make for the entire occupation of the Oval Office for Obama, because that's what he did his entire occupation, was to try to label police officers as bad. Hey, Scott, great way to end the show, man. Thank you. Bumper sticker moment right there. Thank you, sir. 888-933-93. Keep the number handy, because the phones are open all two hours, folks, when we get back started on Monday uh, at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern. In the meantime... Remember, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.